anytime, anywhere, smartphone, tune-in radio app. We are WRKN, 106.1 Nash Icon, Picayune, New Orleans. Good evening, and welcome to All Access on 106.1 FM Nash Icon at NashFM1061.com. Presented by CrescentCitySports.com, the best sports site in Louisiana. All Access is also presented by the All-State Sugar Bowl, representing the best of amateur athletics. And by Francesca by Katie's, serving up St. Louis-style food with a New Orleans flair. All Access is also brought to you by Lamarck Ford and Lamarck Lincoln in Kenner. By Bergeron Automotive in Metairie. By LifeGate Church in Mandeville and Metairie. By Premier Automotive throughout the New Orleans area. John Curtis Christian School in River Ridge. By Life Resources Ministries with outreaches throughout the New Orleans area. And by the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl. It's your chance to talk intelligent sports. All sports, all the time. To join in the conversation, call 504-260-1061. Now here's your host, Cumulus New Orleans Sports Director Ken Trahan of CrescentCitySports.com, the Saints Hall of Fame Museum, and the Kenner Star. And a pleasant good evening and welcome to another edition of All Access here on 106.1 FM, Nash Icon. We're on the web at NashFM1061.com. Our tuning app available for you to listen in anytime, anywhere in the world. No excuse. doesn't matter where you're at. You can get us through iHeart. Also, you can get us at home via Alexa if you can't pick up a, the radio signal at home for whatever reason and you've got Alexa, just tell her to play. WRKN, or play Nash Icon, 106.1 FM, and she will take care of it for you. You can email me, Ken at CrescentCitySports.com, or call the show at 504-260-1061, that's 260-1061, to participate in the conversation. Annual awards coming up for the All-State Sugar Bowl, Greater New Orleans Hall of Fame. And those awards are coming up at the end of July, but the award winners are being announced on an almost daily basis now. And we'll have quite a few of those award winners coming on the shows here in the days to come. Becky Lambert of Archbishop Hannon, the great job they did this year. We'll have Becky on. We'll also have Brett Simpson on from Loyola University. He'll be on later in the show tonight with Loyola's athletic department being honored. Of course, they won a national championship in basketball on the NAIA level this year. We'll have Brett on later on in the show tonight. And we'll also plan on having Wayne Stein of St. Charles Catholic on, also announced as a award winner year-end from the All-State Sugar Bowl. In the days and weeks to come, Hall of Famers will be announced, and we'll have some of those folks on too. And we always look forward to bringing it to you. And we love the affiliation with the All-State Sugar Bowl and a good and great sponsor of ours. And, of course, they do such great work in this community and in the entire state with everything that they sponsor, everybody that they're involved with. So our appreciation to the All-State Sugar Bowl. And we'll have those guests on, including Brett Simpson, the Athletic Director of Loyola, later on in the show here this evening. want to mention here, before we get to our guests, too, that the Crescent City Sports Prep Summer League Baseball has gone extremely well. And we know for a fact now about the four teams out of the 16-team league that have made the playoffs. That's a given. We know now that Jesuit-based Ratif Oil is going to be the number one seed by virtue of a win they had today. 
6-1 over Hanville. You can read my story at CrescentCitySports.com about the game, which I covered. We also know that Archbishop Rommel-based Malcolm Dinas will be in the playoffs, along with John Curtis Christian-based the River Ridge Patriots, who will be in. And then the Creighton Townsend Holmes team from St. Charles Catholic also will be in the playoffs. Those are the four teams that will make the playoffs, guaranteed, even though there are still games to be played this evening and a game to be played tomorrow. So all of that is still to come. And, of course, those are teams that are going to make the playoffs in the Crescent City Sports Summer League. First year we've had that, and it's been a great success. And we look forward to bringing you the playoff games live on Crescent City Sports next week. The semifinals, both games live on Crescent City Sports next Wednesday. And the championship game next Thursday, live on Crescent City Sports. So all of that is to come, and it's going to be great to have those entities as part of our ongoing effort with Crescent City Sports. 504-260-1061 if you'd like to join in the conversation. And, of course, the New Orleans Saints, it's never a bad time to talk about the Saints. The projections about rosters and about who's going to play at certain positions, the health of players, will there be any more additions? Always a discussion point. We did this about LSU on Monday. Let's talk about the Saints here tonight with our good and great friend Ross Jackson, Locked On Podcast, of course, contributor to many entities and proud to announce that he'll be contributing to CrescentCitySports.com here starting here in the next couple of days. Ross, first of all, welcome to the show. Great to have you with us as always. Hey, always a pleasure to be here. Glad to be able to be a part of the team as well. Appreciate you having me on as always. Well, listen, we're great. Very glad to have you with Crescent City Sports. You'll do a great job. And, of course, we have, uh, we're very blessed to have such a great viewership of over 6 million viewers a year and, and growing, and it's been uh, really a pleasure. So I know you'll add a lot to it, and, and we, uh, we look forward to that affiliation first and foremost. And, of course, always look forward to seeing your fine work regardless of where it's at. And, and clearly, this is an interesting time because it's what we call the dead period, right? Between OTAs <laughs> and training camp. And yet, is there any such thing as a dead period for the New Orleans Saints? Yeah, exactly. I mean, you look at uh, the NFL, who's trying to have, of course, a 365-day news cycle where the New Orleans Saints have sort of already mastered that. I mean, you know, usually at least every couple of days, there's something that's pertinent to New Orleans Saints fans that's coming out, whether it be the announcement of, new helmets for the first time since the 1960s or maybe you know, black helmets for the first time since 1960s preseason or, you know, whether it be uh, player news or anything like that, New Orleans States always find a way to make sure that the, uh, the, the fan base is always entertained and interested 365 days a year for a very passionate and deserving fan base. Well, no question about it. And, of course, we've talked many times about the questions that linger and the real position battles and so forth, but... I guess more than anything right now, the big question is, in the big picture, where are the Saints with regard to the NFC? Is this a top five team? Is it a top eight team? Is it a team on the outside looking in? What would you say about that at this particular point in time? I would look at them as being probably a top seven team. and I know that's a strange place to put them, but when you look at seven teams in each conference going to the playoffs, I think that this is a playoff team in 2022 or can be. And they're a team that, you know, one or two wins that kind of go their way versus the one or two losses that didn't go their way last year. And they could be a team that's maybe a little bit more in conversation for the division than people might expect, basically, as well, when you consider, you know, Tom Brady's age, when you consider the question marks over at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers interior 
defense, excuse me, interior offensive line that could potentially cause him some trouble throughout the season. So there are some things and some elements there where the New Orleans Saints could actually be a team that surprises a bit and maybe does enter that top five conversation as a potential division winner. But at the very least, I think that this is a team that's on the brink of a playoff appearance again in 2022. They'll need a couple of games to go their way, sort of the same way that a couple didn't go their way last year. But having Will Lutz back, getting you know another, uh, getting another year with Michael Thomas, who will hopefully be able to be back on the field here, uh, I would say soon after training camp begins, not necessarily as training camp begins. And then uh, we just heard today from Peyton Turner, the Saints' first-round pick from last year, that he's officially cleared after November shoulder surgery. So he's in a really good position to now be back on the field for training camp as well. We saw that he could be very disruptive during his time against the Carolina Panthers and the uh, Washington now Commanders uh, 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 just last year. So I think the Saints are maybe a team that can easily surprise but won't necessarily uh, surprise a lot of Saints fans who expect some success from this team in 2022. Yeah, Peyton Turner was where I was going next with that. Of course, I don't know if you want to call it revelation, but you know, with that news today that he's cleared, and mm-hmm. uh, you you said it. You know, with the very brief glimpse that we had, you liked it. But what's the bigger picture? Some people are asking: Is he another Davenport? And that that has a two-way meaning, right? <laughs> the one meaning is he's tall, disruptive. The other meaning is he's injury prone. So what's the answer to Peyton Turner? Or do we really know the answer to that on both fronts? Yeah, I think he has to be the one to answer that this season, right? I mean, you know that he's a guy that's prototypical build in terms of what New Orleans Saints like at defensive end. They're not really a type of team that you know really uses speed rushers. We saw them kind of invest in a speed rusher a little bit last season and the season before in Noah Spence, but he's not back with the team this year. You see them maybe giving a little bit of a run to Chaco Charlton and camp this year, as well as free agents that they brought in this offseason. And then we saw them draft Zach Bond, who was a speed edge rusher in college. They immediately worked to move him over to off-ball linebackers. So I think that Peyton Turner certainly checks all the boxes and fits the molds of what a New Orleans Saints prototypical defensive end or edge defender is. But is he going to be able to stay on the field? Is he going to be able to stay healthy? Is he going to be able to have a consistent impact when he is available? I think those are questions that he gets the opportunity, hopefully this season, to answer with maybe a full 17-game season. I mean, even a 14- or 15-game season would certainly do him some favors in that category, and especially if he can go ahead and continue his impact. I mean, he had a huge game against the Carolina Panthers and did some things that are beyond just dumb luck. I mean, he was going up against a, a very, very good left tackle and Taylor Moten throughout that game uh, pretty often, He or, and, and right tackle when he when he moves over that side. But uh, he also spent a lot of time in there, you know, fighting off pulling guards, pulling offensive linemen, uh, a lot of misdirection in that offense. With Christian McCaffrey was still there and healthy. So that, that was not a showing of dumb luck that we saw from him against Carolina. That was a showing of his talent and what it is that he can be. And so now you're just looking for him to be able to carry that momentum into the season and hopefully be able to stay on the field to show that it wasn't uh, just, you know, beginner's luck, if you will, and give him an opportunity to be able to solidify himself as a part of that defensive end rotation. Visiting with Ross Jackson, talking about the New Orleans Saints, some people are talking about the coaching staff. Is it better than it was under Sean Payton, or is it lesser than it was under Sean Payton? Obviously, three noticeable changes, uh, but then the fourth is most noticeable, and that's no Sean Payton. So you've got you know, guys coming from different directions. you got Marone, who's been an NFL head coach. you got a guy coming from college uh, to coach as well. And, you know, you have... 
And of course, the changes at wide receiver, offensive line, and so forth. What do, what do you make of the coaching changes, and how would you look at this staff overall? You know, this coaching staff is going to be one that you're going to kind of curb. Uh, that you're, sorry, that you're going to kind of grade against itself more than it is that you're grade against the Sean Payton coaching staff. I think that Dennis Allen did a really good job, especially as a defensive head coach, stepping into a role and then addressing spots over on the offense where he felt like some things needed to change and maybe get a new and fresh perspective, but that he needed to bring in the personnel to be able to to be able to do that. So I think that the addition of Doug Marone as an offensive line coach who's a fantastic developer, and you'll notice the, the trend here is all around development. And so I think Doug Marone coming in as a very good offensive line coach. He's familiar with the system that Pete Carmichael will be deploying as an offensive coordinator this year, as he was an offensive coordinator with Sean Payton 2006 through 2008. So he'll be familiar with a lot of the um, schemes and a lot of the sort of vocabulary of what it is the Orleans Saints wants to do, but he'll also bring in a pretty unique perspective uh, all in his own as well and bring in some you know things that are going to be a little bit different about that offensive line, which I think kind of helps for guys like Trevor Penning and Cesar Ruiz who are looking to make some big-time development steps in the offseason as it kind of equalizes their projection or their, their development a little bit because everyone's going to be learning a little something new with Doug Marone at the helm on the offensive line. I think bringing in Cody Burns, who was a fantastic developer when he was with Auburn as well as with Tennessee, he turned out several drafted NFL wide receivers, including Darius Slayton, who's the lead guy or was the lead guy until they added Kenny Galladay, of course, over in New York. You look as well at what he did with guys like Bellis Jones Jr. that just got drafted this year and the way that he really changed things around for Cecil Tillman in Tennessee as well. If you're an SEC fan, you saw Cecil Tillman go off for over 1,000 yards this past season. And so I think that there's a lot that's going to be going uh, into development over the course uh, of this time. And then you also have a guy like Bob Bicknell, who they bring in as an offensive uh, coach or as an offensive assistant for the New Orleans Saints, but that has been a fantastic of talent, particularly for wide receivers coming in from uh, transitioning from college to the pros. You look at what he did with guys like T. Higgins, what he helped to do with Tyler Boyd in, in Cincinnati, and, and so now you bring in Chris Olave, which was kind of one of my early signals that, you know, the addition of Bob Bicknell was one of my early signals that they might invest in a wide receiver high in this year's draft. Now you look at Chris Olave, who follows that exact same, they hope to follow that exact same development trend coming into his rookie season. So I like what they've done in terms of those offensive coaching staff changes that they've made so far. You look at also them bringing in Matt Rea to help with the um, you know soft tissue injuries and all the injuries. They started a record 58 players last season. They certainly want to avoid that uh, again for a second year in a row. And I think Matt Rea does a, a really good job and will do a lot of really um, kind of state-of-the-art things to make sure that they don't repeat that same type of issue and maybe get a little bit more control over the health of their team going into 2022. I know you're on social media frequently as I am. And it's funny because you look at your, your trends on the right side of your page and what's trending today, Jameis Winston. (laughs) It's amazing. (laughs) Uh, Saints fans are incredible. Uh, The interest in the Saints is, is incredible. I mean, look, Green Bay, maybe Dallas, maybe you think about markets that are just nuts about their team and live at 365. The Saints are right there at top five, unquestionably. And you see Winston trending today. And that's going to continue to be the case until we finally see him on the field, what he looks like after the injury, and to see him play for a sustained period of time. Everyone, and I mean everyone, speculates about who he is, what he's going to be, and what the Saints can do as a result. And as I've said many, many times, and I'll keep repeating over and over again, 
I liked what I saw last year. Uh, I can't say I loved it, but I sure liked it. And he did exactly what they wanted him to do under restraint and not making mistakes, taking advantage of situations, didn't have a, a very good supporting cast at receiver, and yet it was a small sample size because there's only barely over six games, and we know what happened in this previous five seasons. So uh, the end result is you feel good about it. You think he can play well here in the system. You think he can play well with better players around him. But do we really know exactly what he can be? Until we get that proof, he's going to keep trending, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, especially as he continues to do off-season prep and he continues to do those workouts because the workouts are exactly what it is that ends up continuing to make him trend uh, So you know, over and over again. But the workouts have proven to actually yield results as well. I mean, you look at the 14-3 the and three touchdown to interception ratio last year through effectively six games, right, five and a quarter, basically. But you look at what he you know did on the field during those games and the way that he, or rather six and a quarter, and what it is that he was able to, uh, to produce during that time. And, yeah, he had a couple of mistakes, but there was a lot of good that came from uh, that time in terms of him and how the way that he fit into the system. That's going to be majority what the system is going to be again this year with Carmichael calling the shots. And so I think there's a lot of reason to be positive about Jameis Winston. Um, I don't think you get to the point to where you're completely sold or you're completely settled that, you know, this is or isn't going to be what it is or isn't, right? It's going to be hard to make any type of projections or prediction around the 2022 season. But certainly with what you saw from Jameis Winston last year, where he has focused his off-season work, which has been getting running backs involved in the passing and short-to-intermediate accuracy over the middle accuracy, those are all things that if he's able to improve on that, then all of a sudden you start to see a little bit of a repeat of what you saw early on last season with an offense that maybe opens up and gets a little bit more aggressive maybe quicker than what the offense was willing to do in terms of opening up and getting more aggressive last season. And all of those things could benefit this team, but just like with Peyton Turner, Jameis Winston has something to prove going into 2022. I think he might be the player with the most pressure on him. Obviously, when you're a quarterback, inherently you're going to have a lot of pressure on you. But I think when you look at his contract, you look at the opportunities that are ahead of him, and you look at what this could potentially mean for him having a standout 2022 and I think that, that shows you that he has a lot of pressure on him, and he certainly welcomes that pressure as a challenge and something that he wants to be able to rise up and meet. So I think that all, everything is there. The weapons are there. The motivation is there. The scheme is there, and the support system is there. Now all he has to do is be able to take all of that and execute out on the field. Uh, this topic is going to lead into a bigger question about it, the running back position. And as a result of what is likely going to happen, Alvin Kamara, and as a result of adding Olave and adding Jarvis Landry and getting Michael Thomas back. Do you think the Saints might return to being more of a 35 to 45 pass a game team rather than a running team without Kamara, at least initially? I think it's certainly possible. Um, they could be a team that leans a little bit more into the run game. You look at the, excuse me, the passing game, you look at, you know, having Michael Thomas back, adding Jarvis Landry, who can be, you know, a big time possession receiver over the middle. And then you have Chris Olave, who isn't limited to just being able to be a field stretcher, but certainly can do that. Uh, you look at the way that they want to get the tight ends involved, and we'll certainly see how that all pans out during training camp. And then if you're even, you know, as a New Orleans Saints running back, you're not just running the ball, right? You're catching out of the backfield. And if the Saints are going to be without Alvin Kamara for any number of games, I would certainly expect that they would go out and try to find a replacement that can be or, or somebody that can step in in, in, his, in the meanwhile uh, and be somebody that you can also 
throw to from out of the backfield as an option. So uh, I think that, yeah, this could be a team that gets back to, I would say maybe 30 to 35, maybe 30 to 40 passes per game. But we've also seen in the past, this team doesn't have to be a high volume passing offense to be a top producing passing offense. So it's back in 2017, they were 29th in the NFL when it came to pass ratio in the NFL. They threw 20, you know, effectively threw the ball the what third least in the NFL, but they were a top five or top 10 passing yardage team in that season. And we've seen seasons on the brink of that with the exception of 2021, of course, where they were bottom of the league in passing yardage, but we've seen some glimpses of that in recent years. So this is a team that will find a way to scheme their opportunities, uh, but will also not be afraid to throw the ball uh, or rather turn to the run game when they want to, you know, manage a clock and, and, and run some kind of, you know, game management, game control systems. Then there's the speculation leading into the other part of it about potential for adding a running back. I mean, it's all over the place whether or not uh, the Saints would uh, just go to the waiver wire during preseason when other teams release players or whether they'd be willing to even look at a trade. I mean, Kenyon Drake has been mentioned. Now you get mentions of Kareem Hunt. You know, and there's, there's, again, lots of people making suggestions, and that's what I would say is suggestions. I don't think any of these suggestions are based on you know, inside information coming from the Saints. Mm-hmm. I really don't. I think the Saints have interest in Abram Smith. I think they have interest in Ozigbo. Uh, obviously, they've got Ingram. Tony Jones, they've not given up on. So I guess the question is, are they set at running back or will they, in fact, make a move? And, and if they do, these names I mentioned, I mean, Kareem Hunt, there's a lot of strikes there, right? I mean, is that really a yeah. place you want to go? Yeah, I mean, look, we, we talked about this a little bit last week that the Saints aren't in you know any type of desperation, it seems like, to get another running back in the building. But if the right opportunity were to come across and if things do you know accelerate with Alvin Kamara's legal case, it would certainly make sense. Um, the one thing I'll say about Kareem Hunt is that, yeah, he carries a lot of baggage, but honestly, I mean, after seeing the team being willing to pursue Deshaun Watson, that's clearly not something that they're super concerned about. And uh, Kareem Hunt's, you know, history is still very important. Um, the fact that he was brought up on the charges that he was brought up on that included domestic violence charges is something that, of course, is very important and shouldn't be ignored. But it, it's further beyond um, him and his playing career than Deshaun Watson's 24 sexual assault cases were. So in that case, not that I necessarily will go, will talk about whether or not I agree or disagree because it's kind of irrelevant, but it doesn't seem like the Saints would find a way to, you know, factor that in to their pursuit of a player that they feel like could help their offense considering what they were willing to do. Uh, you know, one of the many teams that were willing to pursue Deshaun Watson with his open cases. So I don't think that there's enough there in terms that would maybe deter the New Orleans Saints from going after Kareem Hunt. He would certainly be a fit for what it is that the team would want to do on the field football-wise. Um, and he would be somebody that can you know, coexist with Alvin Kamara as well. I think that there are other Kareem Hunt-like players out there that maybe have a little bit of a cleaner record uh, that you could go after, like a Zach Moss, for instance, out of Buffalo, who you know they just drafted a running back there. They continue to try to find the right running back to accompany um, Josh Allen in the backfield. And so a Zach Moss could be a good option. There's a kind of a stable of running backs in Baltimore and another stable of running backs in Miami. Former Miami running back Miles Gaskin could be uh, an option. So there's a lot of options out there that could either be available to the Saints via trade if they decide that they want to do, you know, pull something off ahead of training camp uh, and sort of accelerate this process a bit, or they could even wait around until 
you know, uh, post-training camp or, or throughout training camp or even after or throughout the preseason as some of the preseason cuts get made. But then you're kind of in competition with other teams that might be dealing with injuries during training camp as well. So there's a lot of different ways and different routes that the Saints can go. It just depends upon what the situation is and what they feel needs to be done and how quickly it all needs to be done. Question to the inbox via email, Ken at CrescentCitySports.com from Robert in West Wego. Will the Saints be as guarded about injuries now that Sean Payton's gone? Great question. I think that they, they are guarded about it, and that's one of the reasons why they went out and brought in uh, Matt Rea. I mean, they brought him in to help to reduce some of those injuries. Like I mentioned a second ago, they started a record 58 different players in 2021. They also started four different quarterbacks and four different kickers. So, I mean, and they had, you know, they've had four different quarterback and wide receiver one pairings over the course of eight months. And so I think that when you look at where the Saints are in terms of trying to battle injuries, one of the things they did this season was they brought in the former director of sports science from Alabama, Matt Rea, who comes in and has helped to, in Alabama, once they bought into his practices, he reduced soft tissue injuries there by 50%. And so the Saints are hoping to see that same type of success in the health and well-being of their players so that they can have a little bit more control over their success in 2022. Yeah, and with regard to the question, I, I think they'll probably keep the same policy. I'm sure he was referring to information being let out about injuries. I, I, don't, mm, think mm, change, mm, I don't think they're going to change that at all. I think it's, no, it's no, going to no. be that way. Yeah, they're not going to tell you I anything think- unless they have to. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly it. And, you know, the, the NFL only dictates certain issues or certain situations in which, you know, um, you have to relay information. And that's generally the injury report. There's not really any requirements preseason or anything like that. So, yeah, I wouldn't expect them to be more forthcoming with, uh, with, any, um, with any injury information than they were with Sean Payton. I think they'll continue to be as guarded as most NFL franchises are. Yeah, he had a second part of the question. Is Taysom Hill going to be healthy for the season? I don't think any of us can answer that. Yeah, it's a tough one. Like those, those Liz Frank injuries are so hard to predict. I mean, there are some players that come back from those and they're ready to go the next season. There are other players that, you know, it, it ends up being something that, that bothers them throughout the, the following season or, 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 you know, they end up on the physically unable to perform list. And I think that that happening to him the last game of the season, that's going to be really tough. It's going to be a tough one for him to come back from. I mean, I, I did my uh, uh, way too early, you know, 53-man roster projection, and I, I kind of just projected him as being on the physically unable to perform list because we just simply don't know. And so we'll have to see. Um, you know, we'll, we'll get a good idea of what's going on throughout training camp and what his involvement looks like. Uh, but as of right now, it's, it's really, really hard to guess, not just because you know, some of that information doesn't need to be out there, and therefore it's not. But, I mean, those Liz Frank injuries are just very, very hard to predict. Ross Jackson with us for a few more minutes. With regard to the NFC, right now I guess the biggest question would be the status of Baker Mayfield and in reserve from that, Jimmy Garoppolo. Looks like Garoppolo's making progress. will be clear, but it's also pretty clear they're going to give that job to Trey Lance. And then mm-hmm. with regard to Mayfield – we're hearing all the rumblings about Seattle at this particular point in time. Uh, what do you expect on those two? I mean, Mayfield, it, it certainly appears, will be somewhere else. Garoppolo, could he actually stay at San Francisco? Yeah, certainly the opportunity for him there. I, I don't know how many teams look at Garoppolo as an upgrade from their current quarterback situations outside of maybe save a couple, but a lot of those teams in particular, I mean, you think about maybe the Detroit Lions as being a team that maybe – you know, could look at Jimmy Garoppolo as an upgrade over Jared Goff, but there's so much money invested in Jared Goff for this final season that their plan was 
basically roll with Jerry Goff for two years and then see what you're able to figure out after that. And so it would be tough to manage both of those quarterback salary caps uh, taking up so much space on, on your offense. And so it, it's going to be a little bit challenging to see where Jimmy Garoppolo ends up going at this point in the season. Maybe an NFC South team like the Atlanta Falcons or Carolina Panthers could view him as different than or as better than what's uh, currently in their building. But again, Carolina is another one of those teams that has so much invested in the quarterback position already, thanks to Sam Darnold. And so I don't know what happens with Jimmy Garoppolo. It'll be interesting to see what where he goes and where he ends up. But, yeah, Baker, I don't think there's any way that he stays in Cleveland. I mean, even if Deshaun Watson ends up suspended for the season or suspended for eight games or whatever it's going to end up being, the NFL reportedly pushing for a, quote-unquote, indefinite suspension, which would basically just be, quote-unquote, indefinite, and then it would end up, you know, it would end up reviewing it after a year or looking at it after a certain amount of time. But... Even if that happens, I don't see the relationship between Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns being one that's repaired at this point. I mean, he's pretty much already said out loud, like, we're done. We're, 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 I'm moving, I'm moving on. I've already moved on. And so, you know, him ending up in, in Seattle certainly makes Seattle a better team than what they would have had with, let's say, Drew Locke or, uh, Geno Smith. But still, that team isn't fully, you know, at a place where it's going to be, you know, together. Their offensive line is still one that's going to struggle. Their defense still has some question marks, although they did make some nice moves this offseason. And they have two really, really good receivers, but are you going to have enough time to get the ball to them? And, you know, you have a good stable of running backs, but are you going to be able to pave the way for them with that offensive line? And so a lot of the questions that were there with Russell Wilson still remain there. And I think Russell Wilson was able to make more things happen than a guy like Baker Mayfield, Geno Smith, or Drew Locke uh, would be able to make. So I think even if there's the opportunity that Baker Mayfield swings over to the NFC, I don't know that necessarily turns Seattle into a contender, especially in that division in the NFC West that's going to be challenged with San Francisco and then the Los Angeles Rams in particular. And so I, I, I think that that's probably the most likely place that Baker ends up, which I would love to see because I think Baker deserves another shot in, in maybe a better organization. And Seattle's definitely a better organization than what we've seen from Cleveland over the course of the years. Uh, but I don't know what happens with Jimmy Garoppolo. And if he you know, stays in the NFC, I don't know that he really makes any of the NFC teams that much better at the quarterback spot. Right there with you. And last question, let you get away. If you had to pick right now a winner in the NFC and a winner in the AFC, I mean, the popular trend right now is the Rams and the Bills. It's hard to repeat. I'll say that, and I'll say it very loudly. And mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm not as completely sold. I, I get the Bills. I really do. I understand that train, and it makes sense. Do you have any particular favorite in either conference right now? Yeah, I mean, my favorite in the AFC is definitely the Bills. Um, you know, I don't mind going the, the way of popularity there. I just think that that is a, a really, really good team and a very well-coached team and a very well-run organization right now. And so I think they have all the ingredients that they need, adding O.J. Howard to the mix uh, and, you know, drafting as well as they did and as they continue to do. Uh, I think that that's a team that is going to be kind of maybe the clear and out front runner as long as they stay healthy, right? The injuries, of course, are the biggest equalizer across the NFL. So we'll have to see, have to see what happens there. Picking a favorite out of the NFC is a little bit more challenging. I mean, Green Bay, Tampa Bay, and um, and Los Angeles are probably going to be the ones that are going to be most popular to select in terms of you know the, the teams that are coming out of there. But I, I think I would probably lean a little bit more towards um, uh, Los Angeles. It's gonna, like you said, it's going to be hard to repeat as a Super Bowl winner, but you could still be the better team coming out of the uh, the NFC, or at least be the first seed, but not make it through the playoffs because you know it just depends on who's better on that Saturday or Sunday. But I just think that, you know, with their defense being what it is, now that they have Matthew Stafford there and that offense having the system that it has and you know, just continuing to invest the way that they have in their team, I think that there's 
there's a lot of reason to like uh, the Los Angeles Rams. I also think out of the AFC, there's a lot of reason to like Los Angeles Chargers, too, in terms of the offseason moves. But the question is going to be, can the coach win them games as opposed to losing them games like we saw with those risky going for two, going for it on the fourth down all the time uh, types of decisions, those quote-unquote analytics decisions that Brandon Staley ended up making. He's Ross Jackson. Follow him, Locked On Network, Locked On Podcast, Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter. And, of course, now part of the family at CrescentCitySports.com. Ross, a pleasure. Thank you, my friend. Look forward to more visits and great to have you on board. Absolutely. Hey, always a pleasure. Appreciate you having me on board and uh, having me here on the show. And I look forward to speaking with you again here soon. You got it, Ross. Thank you. Absolutely. Take care. Ross Jackson. We'll take a time out here. Memory return. Big award for Loyola University Athletics. Well-deserved. Brett Simpson, Athletic Director of Loyola, joins us next here on All Access on 106.1 FM, Nash Icon, and at NashFM1061.com. Inside New Orleans, if it's New Orleans sports, culture, food, Inside New Orleans with Eric Asher is talking about it. Weekdays at 4 on 106.1 Nash Icon and available online anytime at NashFM1061.com. Texting enrolls you into recurring automated text messages. Message and data rates may apply. If you are a man over 40, listen up, because this could impact how much you're getting done during the day and at night. The harsh reality is, once you hit 40, your body has less free testosterone. Here's the good news. Nugenics, the number one selling testosterone booster at GNC, has changed the game again for men over 40 with Nugenics Total T, their most powerful man-boosting formula ever, and guys all over America are raving about it. Jeremy P. says, this is the best product I found to raise T levels. I plan on using the product for the rest of my life. And how about Shane D? He says, I had no drive and was tanked out at the end of the day. After three months, my energy level is through the roof. I work out like most 19-year-olds. I am 47. Guys over 40, you need Nugenics Total Tea. And right now, you can get a complimentary bottle. Just text DIG to 42424. It's the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC. But you can only get your complimentary bottle by texting DIG to 42424. That's D-I-G to 42424. Text DIG to 42424. These products and statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease or illness. Hey, Mike, what are you doing way up on that ladder? You're going to hurt yourself. Oh, I'm trying to unclog these gutters. That's smart. I had water damage from my gutters last year. It cost me ten grand. Yeah, wait, $10,000? Yeah, and from over here, it looks like water's been pouring over your clogged gutters, and it's probably doing real damage to your foundation. You need to do what I did. Get off the ladder and call Leaf Filter. Yeah, but I need to get these gutters flowing now. That's why you need to call Leaf Filter. They'll clean and realign your gutters and install their exclusive micro mesh screen system so nothing gets in your gutters except water. So Leaf Filter protects my house from damage and means no more gutter cleaning for me? Bingo! Plus Leaf Filter has an industry-leading lifetime warranty so your gutters are covered for life. Thanks, Frank. I'm calling Leaf Filter today. Don't go another day with your home unprotected. Call 1-844-300-LEAF or go to tryleaffilter.com for your free gutter inspection. Call 1-844-300-LEAF or go to tryleaffilter.com right now for an extra 15% savings. Call 1-844-300-LEAF or go to tryleaffilter.com. That's 1-844-300-LEAF. Macy's 4th of July sale has everything you need to make a splash at the barbecue with great deals like 50 to 60% off swimwear for all and dry off with plush Charter Club beach towels for $40. Plus get 40% off almost all sandals now during the great sandal sale. And Macy's Star Rewards members can earn rewards even faster during Star Money bonus days. See macy's.com slash star rewards. Savings off regular sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. You've got bugs. What's your move? A rattly can? Or a simple spritz? Bugs near your kids and pet? Will it be ingredients you can't pronounce? 
Ew. Or essential oils. <sighs> Bother the bugs, not your family. Zevo uses essential oils, which attack bugs' biological systems, so Zevo kills bugs, plus is safe for use around people and pets when used as directed. Zevo, people friendly, bug deadly. Now at a store near you. This is Monster Jam! The official Monster Truck Series. Witness the world's best drivers competing in your favorite Monster Jam trucks. Be part of the action. Let's hear it! Make some noise! Coming to Caesar Superdome July 9th. Brought to you by BKT Tires and your local Southern Quality Ford dealer. It's full throttle fun for the whole family. You have to see it live, so lock in your seats today. Visit MonsterJam.com for tickets and event details. DA Exterminating is proud to be locally owned and serving Louisiana's Gulf South for over 60 years. If you want a fast response and great service, call DA now on the North Shore and in Metairie, or you can visit us online at daexterminating.com. This report is sponsored by Taco Bell. Try Taco Bell's new cheesy double beef burritos now. A melty three cheese blend with nacho cheese sauce and double the seasoned beef in classic and spicy. At participating stores for a limited time while supplies last. Prices vary, tax extra. Double the seasoned beef as compared to beefy milk burrito. Welcome to your daily sports report presented by CrescentCitySports.com. LSU outfielder Dylan Cruz has added another honor to his substantial honors, earning first-team All-American recognition from D1 Baseball and Baseball America, the six different organizations to recognize Cruz for his outstanding season. The co-SEC Player of the Year hit 349 with 22 homers and 72 RBI. Vanderbilt shortstop Carter Young is transferring from Vanderbilt to LSU. Young slumped to 207 the past season, but he's considered a pro prospect. Previously, Vanderbilt pitcher Kristen Little transferred to the Tigers as well. Tulane pitcher Zach DeVito is transferring to Georgia, while University of New Orleans second baseman Amani Larry is transferring to Mississippi State. In college football recruiting news, Tulane has its sixth commit for the class of 2023 in DJ Claude of Columbia, Mississippi. 6'2", 190, could play wide receiver or defensive back. Claude had offers from ULM, Alcorn, and South Alabama. And at Wimbledon, Rafael Deval advanced in four tough sets. Serena Williams beaten in her opening match by Harmony Tan. For these stories or more, visit CrescentCitySports.com. Have a blessed day and be a good sport. For CrescentCitySports.com, I'm Ken Trahan. Now's the time. What's on your mind? Time to express your thoughts by calling Ken Trahan of CrescentCitySports.com and all access on 1061 Nash Icon and at NashFM1061.com. Call 504-260-1061. Just a wonderful year for Loyola University in all phases. And, of course, in athletics, that was especially true. And it's not just about one sport, but one sport obviously had an incredible season the Loyola men's basketball team which we've documented on so many occasions on this show when we've had Stacy Hollowell as a guest and also through CrescentCitySports.com with stories we've done the Wolfpack won the national championship in AIA for the first time since 1946 it was an incredible story and the accomplishment has gotten Loyola recognized by the All-State Sugar Bowl Grand and Rollins Sports Awards Committee which I'm a, a part of with the Jimmy Collins Award to recognize that success. And of course, the banquet coming up on July 30th will honor this particular entity among many others and more of the award winners are still to come and stay tuned where Loyola is concerned too, where that's concerned because I guarantee you there's more to come. But joining us now to talk about the incredible success of the men's basketball team and athletics in general, the gentleman that's done a great job in his role as athletic director now for many years, Brett Simpson. Brett, listen, thank you for the time and listen, congratulations on one heck of a year with Loyola Athletics. Jim, thanks for having me, man. It's been it's been a lot of fun, and I appreciate the kind words. It's uh, 
you know, a long time coming. A lot of, a lot of folks put in a lot of hard work to get us to where we are today, but, uh, just an unbelievable year with a lot of success across the board, as you alluded to. And, uh, obviously, um, highlighted, uh, but that run with our men's basketball team and Stacey's group, just a, a phenomenal group of young men who overcame tremendous amount of adversity with the gym, uh, you know, being damaged with the hurricane and they, they just wouldn't be denied. And, uh, just a testament to their, uh, perseverance and leadership. Um, it's just so much fun and it was uh, a really great story. So I appreciate you the Sugar Bowl uh, highlighting that for us. Well, well-deserved, obviously. And as I mentioned, there's more to come, so stay tuned. But with regard to this year, everyone had to deal with adversity. That certainly was the case for my alma mater at Loyola because of what you mentioned, the damage that was done to the den, you know, by Hurricane Ida. Having to play games elsewhere didn't deter anybody. COVID issues where they were missing players didn't deter anybody. You know, went and borrowed a court from the city of Kenner when you finally got back there. So what? Went ahead and went through with it and then had to beat a team, what, four times basically to win a national championship. So, uh, or three times, it was crazy. But all those things didn't matter. This team was doggedly determined, a singular focused, obviously had talent, was incredibly well coached. We're happy for Stacy that he's gotten an opportunity at the Division One level to do what he's doing. And we'll be eternally grateful for what he contributed to that program first as an assistant for Mike Giorlando and, of course, as the head coach and leading this program to this unparalleled height. Yep. Uh, I mean, I, I can't speak highly enough to Stace. You know, uh, I think that uh, I, I joke all the time, or not joke, but I, I share with folks that, you know, throughout the course of the year, Stacy sort of had this mantra of, okay, no problem. Uh, it was, you know, Stace, you got to go practice across the street at six in the morning on Wednesday. That's the best we can find for you. Okay. No problem. His answer, you know, Stacey, you got to go to Xavier at seven o'clock tomorrow night for practice. Okay. No problem. Like it was just amazing on how flexible he, he was, uh, with respect to the adversity and, 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 and finding ways being creative to get the guys prepared. Um, and it was amazing how the, how the guys followed their, his lead, um, you know, I, I've said this about, and it's true for all of our student athletes this year because, you know, obviously a lot of teams were affected, volleyball and, and basketball, women's basketball and our cheer group and swimming. You know, everyone who's in that building um, had adversity and even some of our other sports like baseball had some damage to the field. Not one time did I get a complaint from a student athlete or a parent about the situation. It was amazing. And I think a lot of that speaks to the leadership of our coaches, Um and just the, the, the quality of student athlete that we have uh, that, you know, are, are, are totally bought into Loyola and the Jesuit mission of serving others and um, serving one another. And specifically with men's basketball, they just, like you said at best, they wouldn't be denied and they weren't going to let, you know, the gym be a distraction or get in the way of uh, being well prepared and, and um, playing at a very high level and, and achieving, bringing something to the university that hasn't happened in 77 years. So can't speak highly enough of the staff, you know, Stacey and Javon and then um, the team from, you know, the, the guys who were on the floor the majority of the minutes and, and the guys who were uh, the reserves and, and even the red shirts, you know, they were just all pulling in the right direction and, and wouldn't be denied. So it was just, it was such a special year and, and um, just grateful that it happened. Yeah, you alluded to your other sports, and 
you're in a good place with coaches. I mean, you've got a really good baseball coach. You've got a really good women's basketball coach. You've got a really good volleyball coach. You're in a good place there. And you now have a new men's basketball coach as well. Talk yep. about him, if you will. You know, Ken, Donald Reyes is someone who, who uh, came to the forefront pretty early in the, in the, in the process. And we, we were fortunate that we knew Donald a little bit. Like, I think it was about 10 years ago. He was with us for just a couple months. Um, you know, in a summer before he ended up going to Tulane, he was going to be Geo's kind of like volunteer or part-time guy and um, got to know him a little bit there and, and kept in touch with him when he was across the street. And, and truthfully, uh, several years ago, I, I, he and I talked about maybe coming over and uh, being assistant AD for us at one point. And he really wanted to continue coaching and um, mm-hmm. hadn't talked to him much since he left. Uh, the city, you know, but man, that first conversation he and I had, um, just talking about the job, I was like, man, Donald Reyes is really good and special. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, that's the one thing that, you know, it's, it's, it's funny. I, I, I take a lot of, you know, stock in people's references because I feel like we've done a lot of searches and I also give references to people, you know, who hire sometimes our folks and his, what his folks had to say about him was some of the, the most passionate um, comments that I've ever heard, you know, from, from people speaking about a candidate. And, uh, you know, the one that really resonated with me was, was his, uh, his boss in Corpus was basically, basically told me, if you don't hire him, you're going to regret it. And, uh, you know, he's just a special guy, high energy, knows the game, um, knows how to run a program. I think that's one of the things that at our level is really important because, you know, we don't, we don't run real deep. You know, we don't have many uh, assistant athletic directors. You know, we're, we're doing our assistant athletic director, Damali Thomas, uh, is doing it all from running the facility, the rec center, and doing game day. And we have, we have one SID. You know, we don't have an SID per sport. Um, so our coaches have to do a lot. And uh, Donald Ray knows how to run a program, knows a lot about basketball and the fact that he's from New Orleans and knows the area is just such a, uh, an added bonus for us that we're excited about as well. So much to like there and, and much to like moving forward with the athletic program. Uh, final question. And I get this all the time. Is there any thought whatsoever to the possibility of moving up from NAIA to the NCAA level? Yeah. Uh, I love that question. Uh, I mean, people are passionate about the Wolf Pack and, uh, taking interest in what we're doing. I think that from my perspective, you know, that's, that's an institutional decision. Can I, I can't, but that's something the athletic director just uh, one day proclaims that Loyola is going, you know, D1 or D2 or moving, taking that move in the NCAA. I, I think a couple of things that are worth mentioning is that we're getting a new president, you know, President Tetlow's uh, off to Fordham and we Loved, loved her greatly, and she did a great job and was uh, a big proponent of athletics. Uh, so we'll see kind of how that ends up. But from my perspective, the one thing that uh, we do as a department is, and what I wanted to do was just move the needle um, and, and, and improve. Uh, so where if that's something that we want to do one day, we'll, we'll be in good position because that's a two-way street too, right, Ken? Like, we have to be invited or you have to find a spot in the NCAA. If that's something that uh, we want to do, we have to be welcomed. Um, and we needed to make some, some, you know, improvements with our, our level of comp- competition, which we've done 
greatly this, you know, the last couple of years and not to be outdone by men's basketball, but obviously women's golf finished fifth in the country. You know, baseball was a run away from going to World Series and women's basketball, you know, always in the national tournament making that run. So we've, we've made some strides. I think, uh, you know, some facility things that we need to figure out a little bit too that I'd like to see it uh, improve going forward. But again, that's, a move to the NCAA is more of a, is very much an institutional decision, but it's, again, it's got to be, you know, we got to be somewhat invited and we've got some business to take up, care of going forward that we're, we're working hard to do. So, uh, we're looking forward to the future. It's obviously bright. Um, and, uh, just continue to grow in the department, even potentially adding some more sports. Uh, but we've got to make, continue to improve and raise the bar every year. It's all, Fun to watch as it unfolds, and of course, on a personal level, congratulations, my late father, myself, my son, all Loyola graduates. I think a lot of people feel very strongly about their education there, which we all do, but now with athletics doing so well, it's even more of a sense of uh, of belonging and feeling and pride. So on a personal level, thank you as well. Well, Ken, thank you too. You know, uh, you've you've been a big proponent of the pack for a long time, and uh... So one of our biggest cheerleaders, and it's been fun to, you know, have you have guys like you and Bro Brown. You know, Bro Brown, it's been fun to have him, you know, come around and uh, to see what it to see what it means for you guys like you and Bro. It's just uh, makes it that much more special. And, and there's so many people too. Like we had a great little following in Kansas City um, of people who were just very passionate about Loyola and proud. So thanks to you and uh, all our alums, and we 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 just. You know, definitely appreciate you know all the kind words and messages and, um, and just just great thoughts. So it's been so much fun, and uh, hopefully we'll we'll we won't have to wait seventy seven years to do it again. You know, it's very <laughs> difficult, but <laughs> and who knows? Maybe uh, we're still. I you know I would tell I was telling people we were as close. We we're no closer to getting our first national championship in seventy seven years as I felt mm-hmm. like we were coming into this year, and it was a race. Uh, and now I. I to some of the staff, I tell them we haven't won one a women's national championship in the history of the school. So I know Coach Kennedy and uh, Corey, our golf coach, and Coach the Ball, our volleyball coach. Uh, very much the race is still on for that one. So hopefully we can do that one too soon. Keep up the good work, Brett. Thank you so much for the visit. Thank you. All right. Brief time out here. We're back in just a moment as we continue with more of All Access for a Wednesday night here on 106.1 FM, Nash Icon. Hurricane victims, good news. Here's a company that can maximize your claim and make your insurance do what's right. Here's what folks had to say about them. My insurance kept changing adjusters on me. That stopped when ClearClaim got involved. Insurance told me I didn't have enough damage to meet my deductible. Then I got a clear claim and ended up getting paid more money than I thought possible. My insurance only wanted a patch in my roof instead of paying for a full roof. ClearClaim told them, no way, you aren't getting away with that. I lost all hope after the hurricane until I spoke with ClearClaim. I was shocked with joy when they made my insurance pay me $92,000 more. I was worried about having to pay for a public adjuster, but after I realized how it works, it was a no-brainer. Listen, folks, you pay for insurance, then when it's time for them to pay you, they play games with your money. You've got two choices, do nothing and get nothing, or look out for you and your family and call ClearClaim today. Even if your claim has already been paid, closed, or denied, that's fine. Even if you've already done repairs, call 504-677-8000. 
Rob tried to manage his constipation with belly pain, discomfort, and bloating day after day. After realizing it was irritable bowel syndrome with constipation or IBS-C, he found another way and finally said yes to adding Linzess. Linzess, or linaclotide, is a prescription medicine that treats IBS-C in adults. Linzess works differently than laxatives. It lets you have more frequent and complete bowel movements and helps relieve overall abdominal symptoms, belly pain, discomfort, and bloating. These symptoms were studied in combination, not individually. Do not give Linzess to children less than two years old. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking Linzess and call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. There could be more to your story with IBSC. Talk to a doctor today. Say yes to Linzess. Learn more at Linzess.com or call 1-800-LINZESS. Sponsored by Abby and Ironwood Pharmaceuticals. This report is sponsored by Macy's Backstage. What will you find at Macy's Backstage? Here's a hint. Fourth of July essentials for $15 and under. Like classic tees, strappy sandals, and the perfect home decor for your backyard bash. Get low prices every day on Fab Finds at Macy's Backstage. Off price, on trend, arriving daily. This is Josh Danzig with Where You At Magazine and WhereYouAt.com with your weekend picks for 1061 Nash Icon. Have plans for the 4th of July? Well, this Sunday, head to Lafreniere Park in Metairie for the free Uncle Sam Jam with fireworks, cowboy mouth, and much more. Or if you need a place to watch the fireworks on the river on 4th of July Monday, head to Crescent Park for 4th Fest. For more ideas on what to do this weekend, grab the new Best of the Big Easy issue of Where You At Magazine at restaurants, coffee shops, and retail outlets all over town. Or log on to whereyat.com and click the community calendar link. Cumulus New Orleans, incredible service and excellent results. New Orleans is always number one with Cumulus Radio and Digital. This is where you get all access. Not just the focus on one or two topics. All sports are on the table with your calls at all times. Join us now by calling 260-1061. Now back to Ken Trahan on 1061 Nash Icon through CrescentCitySports.com and at NashFM1061.com. Two interesting news notes from the NBA today. The Atlanta Hawks trading forward Danilo Gallinari, good shooter, and three first-round picks to the San Antonio Spurs in return for all-star guard DeJounte Murray. The Hawks sending a 2023 first-round pick via Charlotte, plus their own 2025 and 27 first round picks to the Spurs in the deal. And the 25 and 27 first round picks are unprotected. So the Hawks get a really strong backcourt, adding Murray to Trey Young. Pretty impressive. Hawks had a really impressive year two years ago and were kind of disappointing this past season. So they make a bold move here to get a really good player. And James Harden apparently declining his option with the 76ers. And both teams still looking to work out a new deal if possible. And apparently Bradley Beal has declined his $36.4 million player option as well. Final timeout, final word in a moment here on 106.1 FM, Nash Icon. Hurricane victims, good news. Here's a company that can maximize your claim and make your insurance do what's right. Here's what folks had to say about them. My insurance kept changing adjusters on me. That stopped when ClearClaim got involved. 
Insurance told me I didn't have enough damage to meet my deductible. Then I got a clear claim and ended up getting paid more money than I thought possible. My insurance only wanted a patch in my roof instead of paying for a full roof. Clear claim told them, no way, you aren't getting away with that. I lost all hope after the hurricane until I spoke with ClearClaim. I was shocked with joy when they made my insurance pay me $92,000 more. I was worried about having to pay for a public adjuster, but after I realized how it works, it was a no-brainer. Listen, folks, you pay for insurance, then when it's time for them to pay you, they play games with your money. You've got two choices. Do nothing and get nothing, or look out for you and your family and call ClearClaim today. Even if your claim has already been paid, closed, or denied, that's fine. Even if you've already done repairs, call 504-677-8000. Hey, Mike, what are you doing way up on that ladder? You're going to hurt yourself. Oh, I'm trying to unclog these gutters. That's smart. I had water damage from my gutters last year. It cost me ten grand. Yo, wait, $10,000? Yeah, and from over here, it looks like water's been pouring over your clogged gutters, and it's probably doing real damage to your foundation. You need to do what I did. Get off the ladder and call Leaf Filter. Yeah, but I need to get these gutters flowing now. That's why you need to call Leaf Filter. They'll clean and realign your gutters and install their exclusive micro-mesh screen system so nothing gets in your gutters except water. So Leaf Filter protects my house from damage and means no more gutter cleaning for me? Bingo! Plus, Leaf Filter has an industry-leading lifetime warranty, so your gutters are covered for life. Thanks, Frank. I'm calling Leaf Filter today. Don't go another day with your home unprotected. Call 1-844-300-LEAF or go to tryleaffilter.com for your free gutter inspection. Call 1-844-300-LEAF or go to tryleaffilter.com right now for an extra 15% and savings. Call 1-844-300-LEAF or go to tryleaffilter.com. That's 1-844-300-LEAF. COVID-19 moves fast and now you can too. If you feel symptoms, even if they're mild, you should test fast. Test positive and at high risk for severe COVID-19? Then act fast with authorized oral treatments that can be taken at home and must be taken within five days from when symptoms begin. COVID-19 moves fast, and now you can too by asking your healthcare provider if an oral treatment is right for you. Learn about a treatment option at TreatCV19.com. This message is sponsored by Pfizer. Venture X from Capital One is the travel card for people always asking, Where next? You earn 10x miles on hotels and rental cars and 5x miles on flights booked through Capital One Travel and 2x miles on everything else you buy with Venture X. Plus, receive premium travel benefits like access to over 1,300 airport lounges. The Venture X card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. COVID-19 moves fast, and now you can too. If you feel symptoms, even if they're mild, you should test fast. Test positive and at high risk for severe COVID-19? Then act fast with authorized oral treatments that can be taken at home and must be taken within five days from when symptoms begin. COVID-19 moves fast, and now you can too by asking your healthcare provider if an oral treatment is right for you. Learn about a treatment option at TreatCV19.com. This message is sponsored by Pfizer. Venture X from Capital One is the travel card for people always asking, Where next? You earn 10x miles on hotels and rental cars and 5x miles on flights booked through Capital One Travel and 2x miles on everything else you buy with Venture X. Plus, receive premium travel benefits like access to over 1,300 airport lounges. The Venture X card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. Always welcoming intelligent points of view whether we agree or disagree. Let's have constructive dialogue on all access with Ken Trahan on 1061 FM Nash Icon 
at NashFM1061.com and through CrescentCitySports.com. Give us a call at 504-260-1061. And our time has expired tonight. We want to thank Ross Jackson for spending time with us. Also, thanks to Brett Simpson. Tomorrow night, the Life Resources Bottom Line Sports Hour. Michael Green joins me for that at 6. Hope you'll join us then. For Rudy Dixon, I'm Ken Trahan. Thank you for joining us this evening, and be a good sport. God bless you one and all. We are rounding third and heading home. So long. Thanks for listening to All Access on 106.1 FM, Nash Icon, and at NashFM1061.com.